0: Calling all writers, this is a message for anyone who thinks that they can stump Joe with a story. Whether you can write a story that you think that Joe will think is true, or know of a story that's so ridiculous that he may think it's fake, please send them in to allegedly.podcast at gmail.com. And if your story is selected, at the very end of the podcast, we will give you credit once it's revealed to be either true or false. So please feel free to write us your stories or send us a true story at allegedly. Dot podcast at gmail.com hope to hear from you hello and welcome back listeners to the allegedly podcast my name is Alex and with me always is Joe <laughs> all right so last week we spoke about baseball we got through our quick form uh podcast and now we're moving on to the longer form stories and i thought keeping in line with the sports stories i think we'd you know take a take a trip off the beaten path if you will talk about sports that don't really get talked about as much on these sort of podcasts so we're talking about water polo dude I bet you anything there's like tons of drowning stories in water polo. It's probably really depressing.
1: What? Yeah. Oh, it was a bloodbath at this year's Tokyo Olympics.
0: <laughs> well, Was it?
1: I have no fucking clue.
0: Oh, we just say, yeah, that team yeah. that won went nuts.
1: Dude, the medal ceremony. Have you seen anything like it? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> there was nothing like water polo without an audience. It was just a bunch of dudes splashing.
0: <laughs> Dude splashing, tossing a ball back and forth giggling (laughs) well no joe it's not water polo but i will put that on the docket podcast
1: (laughs) that's it dude i'm out (laughs) i was i was promised water polo in my
0: head (laughs) yeah your head cannon said water polo and you're pretty sure it's in your contract (laughs) so today's theme though is boxing ah yes the rarest of sports yeah the savage science wow what are they called again? Uh, that sounded good to me, man. The, uh, what's it, what's it called here? Old Leather Mitts. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's more of a, they call it something else. It's kinda... The punchy, punchy, joy, joy. <laughs> punchy, punchy, joy, joy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I got you three stories, though, all related to boxing. And you got to tell me which stories are real, which ones are just... We're blowing smoke up your... You know, like, we are smoking mirrors trying to fucking trick you. Do you think you can handle that? Are you ready to go? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> do you need a second? You You need to
1: lace I, I up? Kinda, yeah. Uh, I need, cut me, Mick. Cut me. <clears> I can't you, see anything. I can't see anything. Cut <sighs> me. Cut me. Are you
0: ready to step in the ring? Go 15 rounds? But it's only... Three. Adrian! <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> if I can change, and you can change... Everybody can change. (laughs) All right, well, here you go. You got story number one. And I'm going to butcher these names, so please forget. Joe Yabuki. Sorry, I already messed up. (laughs) Yabuki. There we go. Joe Yabuki is a young Japanese drifter who meets Denpei Tengi, a former boxing trainer while wandering through the Senya uh, district. That's the preference. Joe is a reference. Joe is arrested for fraud while in the Sanya Pref- uh, Providence and is thrown into a temporary jail where he fights in prison boxing camps. Is, he- is this it, Man? No, no, no. Oh, OK. This is his backstory. Joe's gotcha. backstory. He then goes to Toko High Security Juvenile Prison, a juvenile detention center miles away from Tokyo. There he meets a fighter by the name of Rikishi, who is a former boxing prodigy and a rivalry develops between them. They resol- They attempted to resolve their rivalry by facing each other in a boxing match while in prison, in which Rikishi dominates Joe until the latter hits him with a cross counter, resulting Obviously. in both of them being knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, photo finish. <laughs> ding, ding. So, knocked out. Feeling that the outcome of the match did not resolve anything, Joe and Rikishi vowed to fight each other again, you you mean you mean a, a, a tie wasn't the the what they were looking for? No 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 they were they were pissed it was a tie. <laughs> as Rikishi learns he is meant to leave the prison he challenges Joe to a fight in the future and the two promised each other to meet again but at this time or but this time as professional boxers. Upon his release from prison Joe initially has trouble gaining a boxing license due to his lack of formal education and the process that's put forward by the Japanese government.
1: You, you, you mean not because of the time he spent in jail?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. The oh, okay. Japanese it was just, government. He was didn't... just
1: kind of. He was just kind of dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was. Well, he was dumb, and like it probably could have been a mix of things. The Japanese government doesn't look highly on felons and stuff becoming boxers. <laughs> well, I mean, just come to America, man. We'll yeah, we'll take yeah. you. Yeah, we'll throw you in any ring, dude. There's like eight rings in the United States.
1: <laughs> dumb as a boxer, rocks and a felon. <laughs> you sir, <laughs> you're a belt contender.
0: Yeah. Um. But he does exceed in his second attempt with the help of a trainer named Danpei. Joe manages to go up to bantamweight after provoking a champion boxer named Wolf Kanagushi. <laughs> so he he successfully uh, successfully wins against uh, Kanagushi and. Rises the rank. Joe quickly rises in the ranks and gains popularity for his brawling style and trademark cross counter KO hits. Joe manages to perform a triple cross counter on on Wolf and then earns the right to fight Rikishi in professional rings. So he beat the bantamweight champion and now he can step forward and fight this other guy, who's the prodigy. So they do get I take. I
1: take it they're in the same weight class.
0: Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's convenient. Wait. That's nice. Oh no, they are not actually. I'm sorry. They aren't. Oh. Got my shit. Mixed well then. You'll learn. Hey, settle down over here. Settle, settle down. I know you're really amped up on this boxing.
1: I couldn't be more, more stoked. So (laughs) who's got to, who's got to become bulimic to make weight? Oh,
0: you'll see. Although Rikishi (laughs) is assured a promising career, he's intent on settling his score with Joe, whom he feels stands in his path. Because Rikishi is three weight classes above Joe. Three? Yep. He has to. Okay, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. He has to cut down a massive amount of weight. So I guess he's just, I guess eating potatoes and that's it. <laughs> I guess. Oh my God! Like three gets weight. Once. Like now, now is Joe having like?
1: Are they meeting in the middle at least? Like, is he going up a weight class and he's going down,
0: Rikishi, or Rikishi has to come down? Oh my God! Yep. So he has to cut down a massive amount of weight and undergoes an incredibly taxing weight loss program and includes, which includes severe dehydration.
1: Yeah. Oh, bet! I, ho- I hope you uh like not having water and eating broccoli. That's cool.
0: <laughs> so this is so this is where shit gets crazy. So Rikishi and Joe do meet in the ring. Joe is visibly um outmatched. Rikishi landing blow after blow relentlessly, and eventually knocks Joe out in the eighth round and wins. Ooh, but, eight rounds. Oof. But but dies. After a combined effect of extreme weight loss on his body and a brain hemorrhage, that he's steering his fight with Joe.
1: (laughs) So win is a loose term here.
0: Yeah, he won the match, but lost his life.
1: Yep. I mean, worth it, right?
0: Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, he settled it with because he didn't like a guy in jail. I get it. Joe is still shaken up from that match, both mentally and physically. Why? Heart. (laughs) having a hard time hitting opponents in their heads because of the match with Rikishi. So he has these mental blockers now. Joe, reali- or, uh, I'm sorry, Denpei realizes that Joe is unable to give headshots to his opponents. Rikishi's accidental death having traumatized him, of course. It takes Joe quite some time to get over it and costs him three straight losses before finally conquering his fear, or at least assumed conquering his fear. And eventually he comes back and ends up fighting the number six rank, Carlos Rivera. Rivera? It's Rivera. So, when Carlos and Rivera... Uh, I'm, I'm going to the, rank, the judges.
1: They will accept Rivera. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah, Don't worry. Th- three out of two judges, or was it? Three judges say they...
1: Yeah, <laughs> the Russian judge. He's always a prick.
0: Yeah, dick. He's
1: like, this Does not Rivera. <laughs> They're just mad they got kicked out for roiding.
0: Ah! Yeah, they, I mean, i am be... <laughs> so... Although uh the fight between Carlos and Joe does end in a draw, it gives Joe tremendous fame and respect around the world, especially since Carlos was going to face to uh, was going to face the world champion Jose Mendoza in his next match. So he fought this other guy to a draw, right? Nice. Blow for blow um and then that guy was actually set to fight the champ, the world champ in the bantamweight. Mm. Joe starts to climb up the boxing ladder after his fight with Carlos, but struggles with maintaining bantamweight due to a late growth spurt. How old is he? He's young. Uh, He was in the juvenile detention facility when he started. I I believe if I saw his age correctly, I think he's like 17 or so. Oh, my God. Yeah, really young. So, So the other
1: guy, Rikishi, was also like the same age. Man. Yeah, dude, talk about
0: fucking epic, man. Oh, I think I think actually Rikishi was 18 or 19. Do you think? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, practically middle aged. Yeah. Or maybe he was 17 going on to 18 when they fought. I believe he was uh, right. Joe was definitely. Oh, my God. (laughs) Kids fighting. (laughs) Jesus.
1: Somehow hobo fighting sounds more fucking moral right now. (laughs) All
0: right. Well, especially that Ricky died. I know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So Joe Joe starts to cl- or starts to climb up the boxing ladder, but struggles with maintaining bantamweight due to a lathe growth spurt, forcing him to undergo strenuous training similar to what Rikishi had to do. De- he defeats the OPBF champion, which is uh, Kim Yongby, well, a South. You don't North. have to tell me. Yep. <laughs> A South Korean boxer and survivor of the Korean War, dedicate, uh, dedicating the win to Rikishi. Hardcore. So he fought a, he fought a soldier. <laughs> Take that, you veteran. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you like that belt? It's mine now. Thanks. <laughs> Just got your ass kicked by an 18-year-old.
1: <laughs> I killed, oh, oh, you went to war? I killed a guy, too. <laughs> With my face
0: And I lost that fight and he still died <laughs> I killed the guy after I got knocked out What'd you do? <laughs> yeah, god But he did dedicate <laughs> his win to Rikishi he took the, uh, When he took the championship belt and that's, that's, that's something Yeah, dude After winning the title match, Joe defends his title He wins all his, his defense title uh, matches Ultimately defending against the Malaysian fighter Harumaya. Yeah Harry mm, mm-hmm. Mayu, who's a very prominent fighter in Malaysia and one of the top contenders for the title. He has now given a chance to face the world champion, Jose Mendoza, who defeated Carlos with a KO punch in the first round. Ooh, this that's, ne- not, that's never good. <laughs> this not only ended the fight for uh, the, the, the match for Jose and Carlos, but actually that hit ended Carlos's boxing career totally. It later revealed, it's like it's
1: almost like head injuries are bad for people.
0: Yeah. You think, you know, that doesn't make sense. But let's just you know, let's just pretend it does. Right. <laughs> I mean, without proper science, how can we really? Yeah, say I believe the scientists and they say brain damage might lead to something bad. But whatever. I, I mean, sure.
1: Sure. Their T-shirt said professional boxing doctor, but I don't think there's
0: any impropriety there. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. But it it was later revealed that Carlos had developed permanent brain damage from his fight with Jose Mendoza. Correct, dude. Yeah. I was like, so, oh, so we were just burying the lead the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the fight is held in a packed It's attended by many of Joe's friends and former rivals, which include Wolf and Carlos, both of which he defeated earlier in his career. Joe faces Mendoza, even though he is at a disadvantage since it was revealed. Uh, since it was revealed, he was punch drunk and has lost the vision in one of his eyes. So it means he's been hit too many times and one of his eyes bleh. Uh, punch drunk's a nice way of putting that. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> basically Rocky at this point. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> to the left eye. Uh, I feel a little woozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. It
1: uh, must, must be a little punch drunk.
0: Uh. The match is a brutal back and forth with Joe able to knock down the champion more than once, though originally composed, Jose starts losing his mind as Joe keeps getting up, no matter what and how many hits he takes to the point that he later reveals or Jose later reveals that he wonders if he's trapped in a nightmare or he wonders <laughs> that he he was trapped in a nightmare. the match uh, don't worry on. it's just a concussion, yeah, seriously, like a lot of these things right. The match goes all of its 15 rounds with Mendoza ba- barely gaining a win by points. So he, he barely took the win by much of the shock of the audience. Jose uh, Mendoza seemed to age decades from the toll his fight, uh, the fight took on his body. and His hair turned snow white from the trauma he was experiencing. After <laughs> the fighters took the ring, Joe, Joe took a seat in the corner. Dan Pei turns to Joe only to find him unresponsive. But with a smile on his face, he took his pulse and found that he died. Oh my god, what the fuck kind of story are you telling me? Good god.
1: A (laughs) bunch of half-blind people probably smelling toast (laughs) in their fucking brain. And they're like, let me go punch somebody.
0: Hey, look. Look, I don't set the tempo for Japanese boxing, okay? Good god. He took the champ, and he took it all the way he went full 15 rounds with the champ and then died and lost like but he did it <laughs> i, I he did guess it. He man went the, he went the distance man he rockied it oh yeah that was a that was a long 19 years of life
1: <laughs> <laughs> holy
0: shit well there you have it story of joe
1: <laughs> also yeah it was a little trippy to hear my name mentioned so many times i'm like
0: joe yabuki so unless your last name is yabuki <laughs> I should just call him bookie. <laughs> you just, are you imagining yourself in the ring right now? Like, I don't care if I can't see
1: through this eye. I didn't hear no bell. I, I do smell toast. Is this a stroke? Is this what a stroke is? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. Because you're brain damaged, Joe. <laughs> but yeah. Like, he wasn't smiling, man. That was just muscles retracting.
0: Yeah. That was, that was, he was seizing, right?
1: Yeah. And then the trainer is just like uh, there, Oh so good old Joe like, Yabuki. Yep. Smiling it, and foaming from the mouth.
0: He's dead. He did it. And some like doctor's <laughs> like, "Wait, no, we can save him." He's like, "No, nah, he's dead." Oh, no. It's, <laughs> it's fine. No, if we if we
1: This is this please. is how he wanted to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe's just like, "No, I wanted to continue my career."
1: <laughs> That's cool. I I didn't want to like win the champion. I just wanted to fight him. <laughs>
0: Holy shit. Well, there you have it. Joe Yabuki, professional boxer out of China or out of Japan, fights his way to the top and then dies. It's pretty much a stereotypical boxing. Um, I mean, this is like two out of five fighter stories, really. (laughs) You know that old saying, right? You either die in the ring or you live long enough to get a stroke.
1: Yeah. You either kill a guy in the ring after you get knocked out or you die in the ring yourself. (laughs) Classic. Classic boxing. That,
0: that old boxing anecdote.
1: <laughs> or eventually you get so much brain damage, you go on speaking to her.
0: Ah! Holy shit. All right. Well, that's the first story. We'll let that one roll around in your brain, as long as you didn't take too many hits. Oh. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Fucking morbid, bit. <man. laughs> ah! All right, this next one Bit of a journey. Bob was suicidal. Oh, nice yeah. light one. Cool. Yep. It all starts in <laughs> – <laughs> Now, during the 1953 session of the Texas legislature, a young white civil rights attorney and state representative from San Antonio named Mari Maverick Jr. introduced a bill he w- he knew wasn't going to pass. Maverick's proposed bill of 1953 would repeal the ban on interracial boxing and wrestling matches, declaring it and it is discrimination and unfair to deny boxer or wrestler the right to make a living by reason of his race, color or creed. Oh, so we're just went from death to civil rights, keeping it nice and light. Dude, easy going. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, at least we got somebody fighting for it. Remember Maverick? So the the prehistory of Mavericks bill went back to February 25th in 1901 in Galveston Harmony Hall when a white veteran fighter from California named Joe Chynoski slammed a right hand into the face of a young black Galveston fighter in the third round. Texas Rangers arrested Chinosky. Oh, and his name was Johnson. Sorry. The fighter was Johnson. Texas Rangers arrested Chinosky and Johnson for fighting, not because it, their race was interracial, was an interracial fight. But because there was a prize fight with money involved, which is illegal in Texas. So you can't have a prize fight with money involved. The two men were jailed for three weeks and sparred every day in prison, often before an audience, with Johnson playing student to Chinovsky's teacher. Upon uh, upon their release, they left Gavel's. In 1933, so what? 32, 32 years later? 32, 32 years later. So I'm doing math, dude. <laughs> math on the fly, okay? <laughs> says the guy that wrote the story (laughs) yeah whatever so in 1933 the texas legislature banned boxing matches between white fighters and black fighters the institution of segregated uh, the institution of segregated matches was a natural occurrence or uh, natural consequence of the era's raw and unapologetic racism and segregation no matter how talented or bursting with promise a black fighter could never be champion of any boxing division in the state of texas that summer Maverick was in his law office on the seventh floor of the Maverick Building in downtown San Antonio when a muscular, well-dressed black man walked in, uh, who would change everything. My name is Sporty Harvey," said the man, introducing himself. "I could be champ of Texas in the heavyweight division, but they won't let me box.
1: So we got Sporty and Maverick. Yep. And this isn't a TV show.
0: No. Nope. Okay. Not yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And oh, this is Texas we're talking about. This is Texas. This definitely. And I mean, it, was it was racist like, back then. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, it's still racist. Let's just leave it.
1: <laughs> I, mean, you're throw- I mean, I don't know, man. You're throwing a lot of facts that aren't adding up to me, buddy.
0: <laughs> Texas race? I don't. Right? I don't. This sporty like- and Maverick. Come on. <laughs> so Harvey, who is was uh, a sporty, Harvey was born in July on July twenty first, nineteen twenty five in Hallettsville, Texas, about 100 miles east of San Antonio, he was the firstborn of Charlie Charlie and Rosella's six children, and his name was I H. That's his name in Lavaca County birth registry, and would be his name on his headstone. What the initial stood for, if anything, has been lost to history, even to his family. <laughs> As a child, <coughs> Harvey chopped wood and picked cotton. His formal education stopped after sixth grade, and in 1937 he moved. His family to or his family moved to San Antonio. Somewhere between Hallettsville and San Antonio, he began to box, which brought him his name, Sporty. Makes Harvey sense. Harvey was. Oh yeah, it gets better. Harvey was the ultimate underdog. Starting off as a light heavyweight, he was knocked out in Pittsburgh in 1947. In his first professional fight, it didn't get any better. Harvey was knocked out in his first four professional fights and lost his first eight. Six by KO and two by uh, TKO, which is not not a great start.
1: I'm not. Uh, that doesn't doesn't sound good. But to be fair, the fight in Philly, he got knocked out because one of the people threw a battery at him. So I, I think mean, that was yeah, the fans.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Pittsburgh. So,
1: yeah. I mean, so,
0: you know, you never know. Right. But they're, they're yeah. definitely not. So,
1: I mean, yeah. So, like, well, I'll, I'll give him a bit of a break there. Those Philly <laughs> fans it's... could be tough.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. His first win came in San Antonio's municipal auditorium against a fighter who would make his pro debut, who quit between rounds. So he quit. <laughs> that was his
1: first. That was, his first <laughs> that was, a, that was a great story, Alex. Uh...
0: Yeah, he's like, we did it. Sporty, you did it, buddy. Great, man. Look at you he making
1: was... it out of the ring alive.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah, which is rare, apparently now. <laughs> Sporty was an everyman, not a superman. But by all accounts, his, he was very popular, entertaining fighter who, years before Muhammad Ali, did windmill windups before throwing a punch. The problem? <laughs> was, just envisioning <laughs> Looney Tunes. Yeah, dude. Woo, like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> <laughs> the problem was that neither talent nor guts to take physical punishment from another man in the ring would be enough to change the law. Such change demanded a different type of courage—the courage to challenge an entire state's legal system, and the way of life—and risk all forms of punishment the state could inflict. So he had to fight the legal system before he could fight a dude. Well, is this just in Texas, or is it segregated it's, everywhere? It's it's just in Texas. Um, the uh the like there's a professional boxing registry, <clears> throat> and throat> they actually have uh federal. Um, are nationwide champions, right? So they right. had national champions that were black before Harvey, right? But right. just in Texas, like, those those national champion, the fucking United States champions, could not mm. fight in Texas, right? So it was, like, a Crazy. big fucking deal. Right. The, pro- the problem was – oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Harvey had read about Maverick's attempt to change the laws prohibiting black boxers from fighting with white boxers, which – is what brought him into the office he quickly convinced the lawyer he should represent him in his cause harvey couldn't afford an attorney but maverick wouldn't have charged him anyways in deploying the legal system often used against blacks to assert his right to professional fight white oh wait, in deploying the legal system oh okay in deploying the legal system which was often used against blacks to assert his right to professionally fight white men in his home state Harvey tread uncharted and dangerous territory, inviting the threats and assaults that attended black men and women, refusing to stay in their place. Physical harm always loomed, but more commonly, and even more likely, was the economic retaliation of losing your job or being denied credit in stores. On August 13th, Maverick filed a lawsuit in the 126th District in Austin, challenging the legality of banning professional boxing matches between whites and blacks, calling it wholly unjust, arbitrary, and capricious. Capricious? I think you had it right the first time. Capricious? Yeah, I think so. Capricious? Capricious. capricious. The new scent from Calvin Klein. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, the suit claimed the law denied Harvey rights guaranteed by the 14th Amendment to the Constitution as well as the Federal Civil Rights Act. On January 26, 1954, Maverick, Harvey, and the team walked into the Judge Jack Roberts 126 different court seeking to order uh, seeking an order directing M.B. Morgan the state boxing commissioner to allow Harvey to fight any professional fighter no matter his ethnicity they also sought a ruling on the constitutional uh, constitutionality of segregating boxing laws eventually through persistent and multiple court hearings Harvey and Maderick won their case and the fight was allowed to occur right on right on here, let me get this, because I think I have some notes out of place. Sorry, I have to move some things around, because I think I... <laughs> hey, give me give me a sec. Okay. Hey. Har- Harvey's first match, the one that he fought, was against a uh, white boxer named Terman. Termin was a very successful boxer on his road to becoming champion. Very promising. Okay? This was his first match after winning. It was a big fight. A lot of people were paying attention because... They overturned the state legislation against white boxers and black boxers fighting against mm. each other. So, of course, this was probably the biggest fight that year.
1: And as if I know Texas, they took it calmly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they accepted
1: the, the, the court's ruling. <laughs> they said they they were wrong. And, you know, <laughs> they paid reparations.
0: We all high fived.
1: <laughs> it did a freeze uh, frame midair.
0: Yeah. We're like, Yeah. <laughs> Then it's like credits roll and Texas (laughs) was changed forever, never to cause a stir again. So the so the first two rounds were uneventful as Harvey and Terman felt each other out in the third uh, felt each other out. But in the third, Terman's advantage became clear as he snapped jabs, bobbing and weaving while trying to set Harvey up for a knockout punch. With less than 10 seconds remaining in the round, he decked Harvey with a notorious sledgehammer of a left hook. The hit on Harvey was called uh, was so loud that it was called thunderous by one on-beat reporter. At the count of eight, a weakened Harvey struggled to get back up, slayed on the ground for eight seconds, but was saved by the bell ending the round. That was the first round. You mean the third round? No, no. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. The third round, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Let's yeah, get, yeah, 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 let's get these facts. <laughs> One minute later, when the bell rang for the fourth, Harvey was rising to his feet, ready to brawl. Harvey appeared confident in his face uh, or his face appeared confident at all times. Reporter Mark Batterson had marveled and you finally had to get the around. The rest of his body, not him. so convincing, but his face. No. Well, and the it, things are starting was a little to wobbly touch. at the knees. So so at the end of the fourth round, Harvey ended up against the ropes, eyes glazed, and knees sagging. As the bell gave him yet another chance, so he's getting he's getting hammered pretty good. Not <laughs> he's getting hammered. Knowing knowing Terman was the best uh, was best at fighting at long range when he could jab and plant his feet for powerful punches, especially that murderous left hook. Harvey stayed close, smothering him with pounding blows to the body. So basically, what Rocky did to uh, you team. just you just you just gotta hug it out, hug yeah. it out, bud. This confused the young fighter who was inexperienced at handling the pressure of infighting in the fifth why, why round. Why is, this,
1: why is this black dude touching me? Why is he touching uh, me? Yeah,
0: that's exactly right What he's was thinking. Actually, what I was reading is that... uh. whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: whoa. I, I
0: agreed to fight the guy. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this? And he's just taking right hooks to the body. Just boom, boom, <laughs> boom. Taking bombs and shots. So, in the fifth round, already a dramatically longer match than most people have predicted... Harvey continued carrying the fight to Truman, forcing him against the ropes, smothering him, and belting him with hard body shots. Fighting as someone who didn't have, or didn't want to lose, but who believed he could win. Desperation circled Truman. Twice in the fifth round, Truman was nabbed for hitting, um, the for hitting after the ref called break cheating. Oh, it's in cool. He's sit- white. Yeah, he get yeah. They let that one slip. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. In the sixth round, Harvey dominated, sending Terman coasting and retreating away from him. As described by Terman's hometown paper, each man had to catch his breath in the seventh. But a Terman combo in the eighth signaled signaled the end. Terman dug a left into Harvey's guts before driving a right across the head, sending Harvey crashing to the mat. That's when the Sportatorium shook because Sporty stood back up. Harvey kept charging into the ninth. Yeah, dude. Harvey kept charging into the ninth Shocking Terman with powerful combos to the head, leaving the favored fighter drained. In the 10th round, Terman flicked jabs and crosses, wanting to unload another left hook as he tried to go for the kill, but it never happened. As the final bell rang, Harvey was standing face-to-face and toe-to-toe with his p- opponent. In the fight, er, in the end, Harvey eventually lost to the judges in the fight, but had ultimately won the uh, ultimate victory for Texas as... This was a predication of what was to come. The legality changed for all black and white fighters, allowing them to fight each other, leading to some of the the um what is it? Some of the best boxers that Texas has ever seen. So it was pretty cool. He and
1: later, with a confident look on his face, his pulse was taken and he was dead in the court. <laughs>
0: yeah, he sat in the court. A true victory. <laughs> Smiling, looking at his trainer, giving a thumbs up dead while he was sitting (laughs) hey no nobody died this time that's nice that's
1: nice (laughs) just a bunch of racist people trying to kill people right hey
0: he's alive though he's alive though Let's not uh, uh let's not uh
1: let's not bog this
0: down with reality i think he yeah he died in the 70s nice so yeah but he led he led to unlocking uh texas and and now making it nationally available to black and white fighters to fight each other and make one unified uh, boxing registry so that they can all fight now. Look at that. I'd say that's a bigger vigory, Like, And then he went toe-to-toe with the champ, dude. <laughs> I'm starting to see a theme here, though. <laughs> Everybody that goes against the champ just never never wins. <laughs> it's the but they won a
1: moral victory.
0: Well, this, this next story is very different. So that was just... <laughs> That was your second story, so let that let that sit in your let it let you know roll around. rattle if you like it, <laughs> it. rattle
1: like the brainstem of all these boxers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, this one is uh here I'll start from Bruce Nichols grew up in tennis, a small town in Illinois. He had two older brothers. <laughs> I, was, I was so about to
1: be. I was like, T- you mean Tennessee? Like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm like. I've been, re- I've been reading too much about tech. I was <laughs> like,
1: I was like, have you started boxing, Alex?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, in order to research this, I got, I went toe to toe with the champ. <laughs>
1: and i won the moral victory of a podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: The right side of my face is slack, but.
0: Yeah. There you go. I, d- I did it, Joe.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> went method <laughs> for you.
0: The next story was about me. Uh, some <laughs> podcaster overweight decides I'm... to fight Mike Tyson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a hospital.
0: <laughs> yeah. You just hear in the background it's like beep, boop. <laughs> like, I did it. I did it. Yeah. As the podcast well, ended, I hit this <laughs> button. Uploading well, the podcast. Well everybody, uh,
1: he died with a smile on his face.
0: Yeah. He's dead. now you'll like this next one okay so bruce nichols grew up in tennis a small town in illinois he had two older brothers and one younger sister growing up in the 1950s he had he had an interest in your typical activities of a youth growing up in that time he he liked reading books listening to the radio and swimming in the lake with his friends (coughs) however their family had a really strong love for boxing. Both of Bruce's older brothers were amateur boxers, and Bruce's father was their coach. Eventually, Bruce took up the mantle and joined the family. The only problem was Bruce was not a great boxer. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 <laughs> for one
1: second, I was like, he didn't have arms.
0: <laughs> yeah, his stocky frame and sort re- prevented him from advancing out of.
1: <laughs> oh, please tell, please tell me his nickname was T Rex.
0: No. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce T-Rex, Nicole, the boxing I got a Big guy. head, and little arms. The guy who died while boxing. <laughs> so, but Bruce did not want to leave boxing. He found that he had a pretty good eye for talent. So he became, it wasn't unusual to see coaches in their late thirties and early forties. However, Bruce was in his mid, which was strange. <laughs> 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 However, Bruce did a fantastic job. Well, he barely
1: cars. got any brain damage at all. What the hell is he yeah, doing coaching?
0: He can he can do the reading and the writing. <laughs> and he's not dead. <laughs> he barely smiles at all. <laughs> I never seen Bruce smile until he died. <laughs> oh, but this is about to get morbid. <laughs> However, Bruce did a fantastic job at choosing his boxers. And over the course of 15 years, four of his boxers ended up going pro and having very fruitful careers. And 12 died in the ring.
1: <laughs> yep. Interviews
0: and the with his other old three
1: killed a guy after getting knocked out.
0: He's <laughs> like, I don't know what happened. I just punched him and he smiled. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh, interviews with his old students said that he had a passion for boxing like no other. And this led him to under to the uh, oh, sorry. He had a passion for boxing like no other. And this led him to understanding the soul of the game just as much as the logistics of it. One of Bruce's sparring. uh, Oh, in one of Bruce's sparring matches, his fighter got into a scuffle with the opposing fighter while they were leaving the ring. Bruce jumped in to stop the fight and was punched in the process. Bruce's head hit the metal pole in the ring, and he fell out of the ring entirely. He was later pronounced dead at the hospital. <laughs> oh, God damn it, Alex. <laughs> oh, there's more. Oh, fuck me. God. It wasn't unusual. Oh, wait, sorry. The community was shaken, as was the King's Head Boxing Club where Bruce would teach. They, the, the, The town had lost someone who embodied the sport they all loved. However... Many people believe that Bruce had not left that night, and is currently still at the King's Head Boxing Club where he would originally train fighters. Weird occurrences are reported to have happened at the club, including gloves being cleaned and shined unexplicably or unexpectedly. The bl- and uh, and on top of that, the bags would stop swaying quickly even after someone had just hit them as though there was a trainer holding the bag. Mm. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect the ghost story to pop up. Mm-hmm. I like it. Right. But the most jarring thing was when some boxers would stay at, late at night and run drills while standing in the ring. Sometimes when the club was really quiet and it was only the boxer and the ring, people would say you could still hear Bruce giving tips to the boxer, letting him know what he was doing right and what he was doing wrong
1: just sitting there smiling in the corner dead yep. as could be
0: <laughs> he's like you doing good boy. it's all smiling and dead thumbs up people would say this was super however almost every fighter that claimed to have heard bruce's voice later became professional fighters so now professional fighters in illinois still flock to king's head boxing club to see if they can still get a chance to have a boxing legend coach them into their professional careers i mean, I, I,
1: mean <laughs> I gotta imagine that his advice isn't very good anymore he's like don't hit your hand on the pole <laughs> like is he god damn it Just, what <laughs> man we've been doing great work champ yeah gary has been awesome you're such a good trainer but i need to leave why 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 do you need to leave i gotta go to illinois for what there's a ghost there's a ghost that will train me i just if i really want to make the pros i gotta go see a ghost
0: (laughs) yeah but the spooky thing is the majority of the guys that are saying they're hearing this ghost become professional fighters that's what's crazy (laughs) like what would happen if mike tyson heard this guy like would he become a mega professional fighter there's more. Like, yeah, I, you know what? I don't think he needed help. Yeah, seriously. I saw that ghost and I punched him in the face. <laughs> that ghost was smiling when I was done with him.
1: <laughs> if that ghost wasn't smiling in the ring dead, I'm going to make him smile, ring dead.
0: <laughs> smiling dead. He's so smiling, he dead.
1: Oh, God. Tyson. <laughs> I told that ghost i ever see him in the ring again. I'm going to punch his face off till he smile.
0: <laughs> but... Uh, Let's be honest here, Mike, just like, holy shit.
1: Yeah, no, like, the man's almost 60, he could fucking kill me.
0: Like, <laughs> Yeah, he would just walk in and be like, slap, and then it just be over. We'd be smiling after that.
1: <laughs> Little known fact, he bit that ghost's ear off at one point. Oh! <laughs> holy shit. The ghost was trying to give him tips. He's like, yeah, everybody got tips, so I punch him in the face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Like we go there, we see the ghost, and it's got like a little nibble out of his ear. Right. Holy <laughs> shit. He's like Mike Tyson's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah!
1: I've been haunting this fucking boxing ring and like I mean, I see that guy coming, I just fucking run.
0: Yeah, I bounce. I go I go <laughs> to sit in, in a couple of the bags, you know, behind them. <clears <clears <throat> fucking, I not go near that ring.
1: I tried to tell I try I tr- I tried to tell George Foreman not to fight Mike Tyson, but he just wouldn't fucking listen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that was the tip i gave george Foreman: don't fight mike tyson <laughs>
1: yeah right did oh good form good form who are you fighting tyson get the fuck out get the yeah. fuck out <laughs> what the hell are you doing Find another guy's... didn't foreman win that fight though i think so
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i guess you know if you win you're i don't know did year. they
1: did they fight i don't know like i don't know if they... yeah they're both heavyweights i think they fought yeah. at one point
0: I, that's who he bit the or not or, uh, no, no. Foreman was muhammad ali George Foreman was Muhammad. Well, Ali.
1: he came back. At, I think that was when Tyson went to jail, and then Foreman was like, "Oh, I'm gonna come back," and he got another championship because <laughs> he oh, he got another Hol- uh, belt when uh, when he was a little 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 chubbier. Holy Holyfield. Yeah, Holyfield. A, it, he got his ear bit off, but Foreman came back right before yeah. he started selling grills.
0: Yeah, uh, but I thought George Foreman was um, Foreman versus. Yeah, it was Ali, wasn't it? And then he yeah, fought. Yeah, then he came. He, he came Tyson back later. too, right? I don't think so. I think Tyson
1: was in jail. And that's why Foreman was like, well, if Tyson's out of the game, I can win.
0: Yeah. He's like, I I got a chance. Yeah. (laughs) And he did it, too.
1: And then he he lived his true dream of selling grills and hot sauce.
0: Well, there you have it, Joe. You have a whole bunch of death, no death, just racial injustice. And then you have more death. So those are your three stories, man. (laughs) Have fun. Thanks, bud. (laughs) bud. (laughs) Thanks, bud always right, a pleasure so, always a pleasure to the show let's let's do this let's let's figure out which ones are true and which ones are fake all right i'm gonna go back over the brief one and we'll see the the first one here joe Yab- uh, joe yabuki young japanese drifter becomes championship boxer ends up fighting the world champ jose mendoza dies in the end what do you think? True Man, or false?
1: This is I don't know enough about box like my boxing is so like it's just highlight reels from ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> is my me too. My boxing history. That's and okay. There's so That's many the prime majority names. Of people. Oh yeah. Like I have a hard time thinking that you sat down and came up with all these names. <laughs> like why wouldn't you come up with names you could pronounce? <laughs> How do you so, know? What if
0: I'm trying to tr-
1: I don't per the rules at least one has to be true. Yeah. But I'm starting one, to, one I'm starting to get things. a sneaky suspicion that maybe maybe this is the rare one where all three stories are sneaky. Mm. So, I'm going to I'm going to well, I'm going to put my theory to the test and I'm going to go true on the first one. Yes. This one is false. Fuck. So my theory is wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here, let me make sure I can get this story right. This is actually based off an, a story, an anime, if you will. God damn it! What? It's 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 a very very old anime called Ashita no Joe. And it's it's one of the first boxing anime mangas, and it it, it definitely pole vaulted popularity of boxing in Japan. But it is a fake.
1: Story. I should have known something like I I used too many plot lines out of movies. I should have seen this coming. <laughs> i should you're stealing my
0: thunder he smiled at the end hey at least somebody didn't actually die like (laughs) (laughs) holy smokes yeah at least he didn't friggin' go down and fucking die the fictional character died which is sad but you know (laughs) all right so let me mark you down mark you down joe this first one was alice i did it capital a yay all right, next up in Texas, Texas State mm. Legislature says boxing is illegal until a state representative pushes legislation forward with the help of a Harvey and well, an I.H. Harvey that changes the civil rights tempo in Texas when it comes to boxing, fighting the champ, going toe to toe for 15 rounds. What do you think? Well, <laughs> knowing Texas. <laughs> And but also knowing sports,
1: I mean, baseball was all all sports at one point were segregated. So there's enough that, you know, what, I'm just going to have to go with true
0: is true. So, yeah,
1: you got I mean, if you got to give Texas one thing, they're consistent.
0: So he he spearheaded. So nationally, there were a lot of black boxers that were very prominent and successful and all that. In Texas, mm-hmm. it was difficult because of the the legislation. They couldn't – even the national champs couldn't fight there and be a champion in Texas. And so he changed that, boxed. I don't think he ever became a champion, right? Mm-hmm. But he became exceedingly well-known because of his drive for equal rights. And then um, he did fight at the Terman guy, um, the one that he fought in the end. Um, they became – they respected each other immensely and would actually get together in the same arena that they did for a number of years to either spar or reenact their fight or just you know to celebrate the civil rights victory that it was they would they would rocky and yeah. Creed that yeah they did they, he's like he's like ding ding i mean there was other people there of course it was a celebrated moment right but <laughs> they they would get together and you know celebrate and they would always that, they they, they would
1: always again. end on a freeze
0: frame yeah one one's throwing a hard left one's holding a hard right and then it's it's the eye of the tiger it's the will of the fight and and have yeah <laughs> uh, fun,
1: funny story about that that band um survivor survivor uh, yeah. i once knew a guy <laughs> who saw them at like a state it was his first concert he said they played that song three times they opened oh, yeah. it and then they played it in the middle of their set and then they closed the set with the song it was the only one people
0: knew exactly well it's it, what is this one survivor has that and then burning hearts right in the burning heart just about whoa to dude break.
1: i didn't even know this like, i didn't even know
0: yeah survivor
1: Dude, I'm, lear- I'm learning new stuff all the time today. Look how that's educational this one is.
0: I think that's in Rocky. Obviously. Yeah, so it's funny. They they did so well in Rocky 3, and then Rocky 4, they come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Obviously the highlight cool. of that movie. So you, you fucking dude You got one. Okay, so you're one for one now, Joe. One for one. You ready, you ready for the third? Shaking it off? Yeah. All right, Bruce Nichols relatively successful coach dies at the height of his career comes back as a ghost to assist in <laughs> making other amateurs into champions what do you oh, think true man. or false
1: Well, see that's the thing now now we got one in one what what do we do yeah. here did we make up two stories did we you know two? uh this is hard i told totally you it's did. tough it's tough i'm just you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm just gonna keep with it three for three i'm gonna go true it's gonna guess true again this one is false. Of course, fuck you. <laughs>
0: uh, I think I don't think I did. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm out. You're like starting to wrap your hands up. We're boxing right now.
1: I'm gonna fucking. I am gonna going run through this fucking Skype call, and I'm gonna punch you right in the face.
0: Oh, and then I'm just like, oh, it looks like it wasn't recording this whole. Thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then he died with a smile on his face.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Then dad with Schmack. The
1: what point is not recording the podcast. It's just experiencing it with your friend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just smiling. Yeah, and then it freeze frames and it's just like in the burning eye. Oh, just the <laughs> uh,
1: I, I will break. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: go for it. <laughs> 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 oh those moves are so great Whew. all right you want to uh you want to close this one out
1: i sure will <clears throat> all right that was the allegedly podcast thank you everybody for listening tune in next week for our rapid fire uh show you can catch us every monday wherever you find fine pod. see you around ding ding